Broadcasting from Charlotte, North Carolina on Sports Byline USA. Uniting sports fans everywhere. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm not sure that God really cares about my comfort or my happiness so much as he does my holiness and my surrender to him. For the next hour, we will unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I think if we're going to get to our full potential in anything, it's going to require community around us. Bringing you high energy and thought-provoking sports talk with a purpose. You're going to be defined as a man, as a husband, as a father. When you take the uniform off, who is that guy? Now, from his mic to your ears, this is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to Unpacking It, where we unpack sports, faith, and life with intriguing guests from the sports and entertainment world. I'm Bryce Johnson. Hope you had an awesome 4th of July, and it's incredible to think that we're already at the the midway point of the year. And, And so we're doing a best of show today on Unpacking It, and we've got two awesome interviews to share with you. Uh, First up, we're going to hear from the great Oakland Raider, former wide receiver Tim Brown, and and he's got some just awesome things to share. And then we'll we'll also uh, share our our interview that we did with Coach Tony Dungy. I was able to sit down with him and and do that interview in person, and and so uh, both of those should be encouraging to all of us today. And and really appreciate the uh, the fact that both of those guys have been a part of unpacking it so far this year. I tell you what, we got some great guests in store coming up in you know the next few weeks and months, and and really appreciate your support each week on this show and for joining us for the uh, just inspiring interviews uh, with with the guys that are willing to come on this show to talk about their faith, to talk about their their personal life and and who they are beyond the the field and the court and and so it's an honor to be able to do this show each week and and I'm really grateful for you as a listener. Would love to hear from you. Uh, if you enjoy the show, what do you like about it? Who are some of your favorite guests? You can email me Bryce at unpackingit.com. That's Bryce at unpackingit.com and be sure to check out our our website unpackingit.com as well. At the end of the show, we've got a fresh unpack this uh, about Aaron Rodgers and his new coach. So, so much to get to. Thanks for being with us. It's Unpacking It on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. It's Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. We're talking sports, faith, and life. And I'm excited to talk about NFL free agency and plenty of other topics with our next guest. And joining us now is the Hall of Fame wide receiver, Tim Brown from the Oakland Raiders. He won the Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame, was drafted sixth overall in the 1988 NFL draft, was a nine-time Pro Bowler in the NFL. He's a husband, father, and a man of faith, and he wrote the book called The Making of a Man, Tim, so great to have you back on Unpacking It. How are you? I'm good, brother. How are you? 
I'm doing awesome. Really uh, glad to have you on. And and it was a, a wild week in the NFL and in your former team, <laughs> the, the the Raiders ended up stealing some of the, the major headlines trading for Antonio Brown. And so how impactful do you believe he can be on this team? Oh, man, you know, I think he can make all the difference in the world. You know, I mean, anytime you have a go-to guy, everybody's going to be paying attention to him. So even if he's not putting up 150 yards a week, he's going to have a great uh, impact on the game. And that's uh, that's what you need. I, I don't think the Raiders, you know, Mari was that guy, you know, maybe a couple of years ago. But last year, he really never got into – uh, got into the groove with this offense. So um, so I think it would be great for Gruden and, and Carr and the guys to have somebody that they know they can uh, they can hang on to. Were, were you surprised by this move, or, or did you kind of see it coming? Um, well, you know, I, I thought that Antonio was really hurting himself by some of the things he was doing on Twitter and, and all that uh, kind of stuff, you know. And, uh, you know, I kept saying to people around me, you know, I hope this guy signs quick quickly you know it's before people just say we don't want to deal with this guy so uh but i think from that standpoint you know i got a, a heads up from the raiders three or four days ahead of, ahead of time that they were going you know take a shot at him and uh, so they gave me his number had me to call him and do all that stuff so so i guess uh, by the time the deal was signed i was i was expecting the deal to be signed that's right so it was a big move for sure and so as you think back to to your career were, were there times when there were players added to the locker room or, or even players in that locker room while you were playing that maybe had the reputation of, of being uh, you know selfish or just some of the things that are coming with Antonio Brown, with, with how he demonstrated you know, his kind of behavior in Pittsburgh? How, how do you, as a leader in the locker room, kind of handle that and embrace that? Well, you know, you, you embrace what he does in the football field, and uh, you have to deal with what happens in the locker room. But, you know, the great thing about the locker room, whatever happens in the locker room should stay in the locker room. Uh, but I think as long as that selfishness doesn't show up show up on the football field, then everything will be fine, you know. And uh, But if he wants to have his teammates to have his back, if he wants Raider Nation to have his back, then I think the thing that he he's going to understand pretty quickly is, you know, he's going to have to show a side to Raider Nation that they can adapt to. So the best thing, you know, and probably the worst thing that can happen to him at this point is to be prepared uh, compared to me. Yeah. Because everybody, you know, look at me and the way I handle things and uh, and the way I went out and played the game. And so if you go out and play great football, that's one thing. But if you, if you don't play great football and you're known to be selfish, you know, people are going to, you know, uh, it's always going to be a tough, tough deal for him. But, you know, I think this guy has such a, a upside that uh, Raider Nation is going to forgive a lot of things that he, he may do <laughs> because of some of the things he's going to be doing on the football field. Uh, that, that's right. Hall of Famer Tim Brown, our guest right now on Unpacking It. And, and, and guys like you who, you know, played with, uh, you know, a level of, of respect and, and, and leadership and character – now, as a you know, a former player, a Hall of Fame player, do you find that this generation of players looks to you and and listens to you? Do they seek out advice? What what's that dynamic like? Well, I don't think they seek out advice, but uh, at the same time, you know, having a conversation with Antonio, he was very very respectful and uh, you know aware of my career. Uh, you know, so I, I think from that standpoint. 
it was uh, it was it was good. It was refreshing for me because I don't have an opportunity to speak with many of these guys, mm. and uh, to have that opportunity to speak with him and to have him say some of the things that he said was uh, was you know was was very very like I said refreshing. You know I think I think the league you know I I blame a lot of this on the league. Mm. You know we told the league back when we were walking out in 2005 that there were certain things that they needed to do. I mean, if they wanted these young guys to have great respect for, for the players who were going out, you know, uh, there was there were some things that they needed to do differently, you know, to, to make sure that you put these guys on a real pedestal. Make sure you understand that these guys who have played the game and dedicated their lives and did this, they are worthy of whatever it is, you know. But I think from, you know, when the league just sort of treats us like, hey, hey, thanks, guys, we appreciate you, hmm. then, you know, these guys look around and say, well, what? Why should I be a Hall of Famer? What? What is that going to do for me? Hmm. You know, and they they don't really feel the need to be to play long enough or to do all the things they need to do to be a Hall of Famer. Wow! No, that's a fascinating perspective. So, so what are some of those practical things you think could happen, and and why aren't they happening? Why? Why? What, wouldn't the league want that? Well, you know, I just think the league is is so used to being the league, and it's such a huge huge deal and they know they don't have to do anything. Uh, but I think they're seeing now that, you know, the guys, you look at, you know, the guys who retired, they retired maybe early, mm. you know, because they got 50, 60, 70, $80 million in the bank. So, you know, the hall of fame is not going to put that much more money in their pocket per se. So why should they keep playing? If, um, you know, if, if there's no real monetary value to them playing, uh, being a hall of famer, they don't, you know, some of these guys, you know, their moms and dad can care less if, they, if they're in the Hall of Fame. Hmm. Mom got a bad car and a nice house. She cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so I, I don't know what those things are, you know, whether monetary or not. But I just think if, if you make being a Hall of Famer worth something or, uh, you know, you have your privileges, privileges because you're a Hall of Famer, I just think, you know, I mean, because when I walk in a room and somebody lets me go to the front because I'm a Hall of Famer, I didn't just make any money. You know, I didn't make any money doing that. But at the same time, that was a privilege because of me being a Hall of Famer. And, and man, that recognition separates you from all the other players that played. And I, it's just interesting right. to hear that it's been, uh, yeah, not as elevated as it, as it really should. And, and even along those lines, we're talking with Tim Brown here on Unpacking It. Another thing that I think gets lost in all of this, and it's free agent week, and, and so guys are switching teams. And, and for somebody like you, you're, you know, you're known as Mr. Raider, and you spent 16 seasons with the franchise. And, and even though you spent you know, your final year with, with Tampa, you're a, you're a Raider. And it's just not right. as common in today's really sports landscape spending your entire career with one team. What, what do you think players miss out by by not embracing that and, and how short-sighted may they be because they're always chasing that next team, that next contract, which happens to be somewhere else. Yeah, you know, I think the problem with that now is, you know, it's like you said, you know, when people think about Tim Brown, even though I did finish my, my last year with Tampa, uh, people know me as being a Raider. And Raider Nation understands that I am a Raider. And, uh, I mean, there was a point in my career where I didn't know if I would finish as a, career, uh, as a Raider. I mean, early in my career, I actually signed a deal with the Broncos because me and Mr. Davis couldn't get along. So I, I just figured that it was time to get, a, get up out of town instead of, <laughs> you know, fighting the same thing Marcus Allen tried to fight for so many years. Um, so that being said, you know, uh, the, the best thing I think that happened was that they brought me back 
And, you know, I realized at that point that I was going to be there for a while. And I locked into Raider Nation. I locked into everything about being a Raider. And I just rolled the thing out as long as I possibly can, uh, possibly could. And, and quite honestly, honestly, I was upset when they let me go because that was going to be my last year. And I wanted to do it in the silver and black. Yeah. But uh, they, they, they didn't see fit to do that. But so, yeah, you know, I, I think, um, you know, these guys miss out on a lot, man. It, it's something to be able to walk you know, uh, walk around the state of California or, or, or really wherever where Raider Nation is is, is, a, is around and just hear people go, Mr. Raider, you know, or, yeah. or Raider Nation or whatever, Raider, whatever, you know. I mean, that's something that uh, for the rest of your life you, you have uh, attached to you. Tim Brown is our guest right now on Unpacking It. He's a Hall of Famer, a Heisman Trophy winner, and he's known as Mr. Raider. We're going to take a quick break, but we've got plenty more to discuss with Tim. We're just getting started. We'll come back. We'll talk more faith, football, and life right here on Unpacking It. Intriguing guests and inspiring conversations. This is Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. I'm Bryce Johnson, and we're in the middle of an awesome interview right now. Tim Brown, our guest right now on Unpacking It. You know, back in 1988, you were a, a top prospect. What, what do you remember about the, the draft process, like the, the month or two leading up to the draft? What, what comes to mind? Oh, man, you know, it was really, um, there was some talk that Atlanta, who had the number one pick, were they didn't know if they were going to go offense or defense. And uh, about a month prior, they decided that they were going to go uh, defense with Andre Bruce. And I think they actually signed him or, you know, had the contract ready. I guess they couldn't sign him, but had the contract ready before, you know, they knew they had negotiated the whole deal. So and we were upset because, you know, he had took less than the guy, the first round guy the year before, the first pick guy the year before. So it sort of set our market pretty low. Uh, but, you know, so after that, you know, my whole thing was getting to a team where I thought that I could grow. You know, my last year at Notre Dame, I spent in the wishbone offense. So so playing receiver in the NFL was not going to be the easiest thing in the world for me. So um, so I, I know I knew I didn't think that I can go to a team where I, I could be the savior right away and go out and day one start playing, um, <clears throat> playing receiver, you know, the way I, I wanted to. So I think from that standpoint, man, getting to the Raiders was was a real blessing. Now I don't know what my agent told Cincinnati, Tampa Bay, uh, Detroit. Um, who was it? It was Atlanta, Detroit, Cincinnati, Kansas City, and Tampa Bay. So I don't know what he told them to get me to the Raiders. Yeah. But I think he told him I had a I had an auntie to die or something in the city or something crazy like that. So <laughs> that that's what it takes. No, that, that that's cool. And so even as you think back to then and the way that kind of it was set up and, and, and the combine and all those different things, how much has it changed or what jumps out to you most about just how things are, are so much different in the, the time leading up to the draft? Yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, um, I don't know if they had a Fisher Pro Days at the time, you know, um, you know, but I think I probably had one of the first Pro Days because I went to the combine and I did uh, all the only thing I did was ran the 40. 
because that was the only question that I thought people had of me was mm. what um, what kind of forty time I ran. So I ran two sub four forties, and no one could believe what they what they were seeing. So they wanted me to run a third time, but I was like, I'm not running anymore. So Gil Brand, I never forget, he was chasing me out the building as I was walking out. He was mad because I wasn't doing any more drills. But um, I just didn't think I just didn't think that uh, what I had been told that the question mark was my speed. So mm-hmm. once I proved the people I could run, uh, we decided to leave. But uh, we did announce that I would be, you know, working out, um, you know, later on at Notre Dame. And um, so we had, I think at that time it was only 28 teams in the league. So uh, we had 27 of the 28 teams to show up. I, I still, I think that, that team that did show up was Rams, <laughs> if I remember correctly. But, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we did what we had to do in a more controlled environment and uh, things went well for us. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it's totally different now. We I didn't go to, we didn't have no New York deal. You know, I, I found out, when I got drafted by the Raiders sitting in my apartment at, in South Bend. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's totally, totally different now, obviously. Tim Brown, our guest right now on Unpacking It. Heisman Trophy winner at, at Notre Dame and, and Hall of Fame wide receiver in the NFL uh, with the, the Oakland Raiders. And, and, Tim, we love talking sports and football here on the show, but we also love talking faith and family and, and life and, and know that, that your faith is extremely important to you. And in, in keeping up with your uh, your Twitter page, people can see you know you, you love posting Bible verses, and, and I'm just curious what what is your approach to studying Scripture and and really diving into to God's Word on a daily basis? Yeah, you know I, I think uh, man that's the only way that you can stay strong. You know I mean um, you know people think being a Christian is the easy thing to do. It, it's it's not. <laughs> you know it's not that you're going to be perfect. But certainly, if you're trying to do what God wants you to do in this world that we live in, it's uh, it's going to be difficult, especially if you're not, you know, um, getting your strength on a day-to-day basis, man. You know, whether that's by prayer or whether that's by, uh, well, both by prayer and by reading, you know what I mean? So uh, a couple of years ago, I had the opportunity to go to um, Israel, and I just came back from that trip saying I had to do something different. I had to, you know, I don't know what I could have done differently at the time. But when I got back, you know, what God laid on my heart was, hey, just put a scripture out every day, hmm. you know, put a scripture out reminding people who I am, you know, and um, so so that's what I'm trying to do, man. You know, my kids sometimes get mad at me. Will you please stop posting scriptures, Dad, please? <laughs> Can you please do something fun? So, uh-huh. so every once in a while I do that once, um, you know, if, if I do something, I think it's fun. But uh, but for the most part, I, I just feel it's a great uh, avenue for me be to for me to be able to get the word out to people who may not uh, think about it on a day to day basis. You know, no question. Get get in front of people, and 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 we can learn and and soak it in for sure. And so then, for you personally, what what has God been teaching you recently? What what are some of the things that that you've kind of just personally uh, grown or understood in in a new and fresh way? Uh, you know, patience, man, you know, I mean, things happen in your life, you know, whether they're good or bad. Um, and, you know, to me, it, it's all about, you know, uh, let, me, let me just put it this way. Um, you know, years ago, I, I was so in tune to what I wanted to do more so than what God wanted, wanted me to do. Ooh. And I think, you know, once I got to the point that I understood that what I wanted to do wasn't necessarily what God wanted me to do. Even though what I wanted to do wasn't a bad thing, you know, it was something positive 
but that's not the avenue God wanted me to take. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, once I realized that you may have a good idea, but God has a better idea yeah. because the idea or the plan that he has for you is going always going to be much better than the plan you have for yourself. Mm. It may be a tougher road. It may not be the, the exact way you want it to get there. But I think, you know, if we can ever get to that point, and, I, but, and that's my prayer on a day-to-day basis, Lord, allow me to hear your voice on a day-to-day, on a day-to-day basis and, and overrule my own voice because, you know, that's when you get into trouble, man. And that's when I – let me talk about me. I like talking about myself, <laughs> not other people. That's when Tim Brown gets in trouble. It's when Tim trying to do tries to do what Tim, you know, thinks is best and not allowing, you know, the Holy Spirit to lead, lead him the way he should, you know. Amen. I'm right there with you. So I, I, I can I can agree. And, and it's man, it's so different when we actually yield to, to what he wants us to do and, and to get out of the way and let right. him let him move and work. And, and it's remarkable what he'll do. And, and, and you, you mentioned the, uh, the the trip to Israel. That, that would probably take a full show to, to unpack and, and to discuss. <laughs> but, uh, but but maybe one one big takeaway that you can share with us today that that might be an encouragement to us that, that you learn there. Well, you know, we, we had the opportunity. Well, there were two really big takeaways for me was, you know, um, uh, being baptized in the Jordan River. Yeah. Uh, that was that was huge. Um, and my wife and I got a chance to go in the tomb where Christ's body laid after, you know, the crucifixion. We had a chance to go and, and, and pray in the tomb, just the two of us. You know, you, you only get like two minutes in there because they got a line of a thousand people. Oh, I bet. But it was an amazing, amazing moment for you, you know. I mean, it was just, you know, I mean, look, you've been reading the Bible all your life. You've been talking God, you know, for most of your life, you know, but in that moment, God felt extremely real, (laughs) you know, and, you know, it felt like the Bible was like alive, you know, right in front of me. And um, so, you know, that's just something that I'll never forget. And and quite frankly, I can't wait to uh, to go back. Oh, you'll be able to go back. That that's awesome. Uh, I'm 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 jealous and, no and and desire to to make that trip myself. So that that's cool to hear. And wow, that, that's powerful stuff. Uh, as we're wrapping up with with Tim Brown here on unpacking it, n- now that you're no longer playing, what what are some of the other passions and and maybe what ways is God using you at this stage of your life? Well, you know, I, I do a lot of speaking, man. You know, men's. I actually spoke at a men's conference last night here in Dallas, and oh, nice. uh, you know, try and go and speak to the youth as much as I can. I am one of the leaders of our of our of our church, the, the youth department um, here in Dallas. So, uh, so I'm trying my best, and um, and it's really, you know, the the that kind of speaking and, and working with the kids, man, is really what it's all about, and. You know, I find great uh, comfort in that, and and um, and and trying to do the right thing there, no doubt about it. Um, business-wise, man, you know, we we got so many things that we're we're able to get involved in, and uh, God has just been blessing in, in so many different ways, and we just uh, try not to him and all we do, you know. And I think from that standpoint, you know, if you can get that done, you know, um, you know, being an athlete, man, I was talking about this last night a little bit. You know, being an athlete, sometimes it's tough to give God the glory because, you know, you're working out and you're doing all the running and you're studying the plays, you're doing this, and you think, man, this is me. Hmm. But, you know, you have to realize it's God giving you the ability to do those things. So, right. um, so but for, for me, you know, to, to be able to uh, stand up and, and uh, you know, talk to the kids and talk to the men or, you know, wherever I may be, 
and be able to express, you know, the goodness of, of, of God is, uh, is something I'm always willing to do. Well, I, I can affirm it because I've heard you speak before when you were in Charlotte and, and did an awesome job. And so appreciate your, your message and, and what you're doing to, to speak to men and, and the youth and, and appreciate all that you shared today with us on Unpacking It. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun time of the year as NFL fans with free agency and, and so cool to hear uh, what's going on with the Raiders and, and glad to hear you're, you're excited about the, the big move for Antonio Brown. And so uh, thanks for coming on to, to talk about it today and, and we wish you the best with all that you're doing. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. Really appreciate your time. He's Tim Brown, NFL legend, joining us here on Unpacking It. It's a best of edition and coming up next, we'll hear from the great Tony Dungy. I sat down with him a few months ago for an awesome conversation, and so you will hear that next right here on Unpacking It. Check out our website, unpackingit.com. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. Hey, hey, it's Bryce Johnson, and it is time to start thinking about the upcoming fantasy football season. And good news, Unpacking It Ministries has a resource for you that will take you from the draft all the way through the championship. Order your Fantasy Football Fellowship playbook today, and each week, Read about a fantasy concept and how it relates to the Bible and our own lives. It's designed for your league to discuss at weekly league meetings, on the phone, or in person. The FFF Playbook will add more meaning and purpose to the fantasy season and add value to your league. Grow in your faith, build deeper relationships with other owners in the league, and make more of your fantasy season. Join us at Fantasy Football Fellowship. Dot org and find all the details and order the FFF playbook today. That's fantasyfootballfellowship.org. Bringing you unique insight into the faith and character of guests from the sports world. Welcome back to Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's a best of edition, and hope you enjoyed our conversation with Tim Brown. And, man, it's, it's been six months into 2019, and we've had just so, some incredible guests so far this year and, and really excited about where the show is heading uh, in, in kind of the second half of 2019. But, but one of the highlights is always talking with coach Tony Dungy and, and and I mean everybody just respects him so much and and who he is and what he represents and so I've, I've been able to sit down with him two different times and, and what always stands out to me about him is his humility and and just his gentleness and 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 so when you you know you sit across from him he, he's just so re- respectful and kind and and you just soak in everything that he says and so I sat down with him during NBA all-star weekend in Charlotte and, and we talked 
marriage and life and busyness and 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 some of the the things that that he's learned and and he's able to to share those those principles with us. And so, if you heard this interview the first time, you'll love it again. And if this is the first time you're hearing it, I hope you really enjoy it this time around. So let's jump right into my interview with Coach Tony Dungy. Unpacking it, coming to you from the Athletes in Action All-Star Breakfast. And joining us right now is legendary head coach Tony Dungy. He won a Super Bowl with the Colts and now is an analyst on NBC. Coach, how are you? Thank you very much. Great to be with you. All right. Well, it's great to be with you. And you just finished speaking to the crowd this morning. What was the, the message that you really wanted to share with people today? And, and what did you want the, the takeaway to be? Well, we heard from some great legendary people. Paul Westfall got an award today. David Thompson got an award. Uh, Bobby Jones, Alan Houston, all these guys are talking about their careers, but they're talking about life after sports and then life after life. That's right. And uh, what is that all about? And e- each guy, you know, really speaking from his heart, David Thompson was phenomenal, you know, saying, hey, I, NCAA Player of the Year awards, all-star games, highest paid player at, at one time in professional sports, and saying, you know what, I got to a point where I realized none of that meant anything because my life was spiraling out of control. I didn't have a relationship with Christ. People are looking from the outside saying, wow, David Thompson has everything, and I really didn't have anything. And when you, you know, I remember watching David Thompson and just saying, wow, mm. look at this guy. But understanding it's like that for all of us, that if we don't have that relationship with the Lord, uh, nothing that we can accomplish on earth really is going to mean anything. So it was a special morning to hear some of these great athletes give that message. So you travel all over the country, you inspire people, you, you give plenty of talks and, and, and encourage people. What about for you? Who, who inspires you, even maybe from the outside looking in? Who, who are some people that, that have just, you know, had, had an impact on you from, from a distance, even today? Well, uh, probably the guy who had the most impact on me was Chuck Noll, my, my coach with the Steelers, and just the way he did things and the way he led us. Uh, Tom Lamphere is another guy. No, no one would know who he is, but he's the chaplain of the Minnesota Vikings. I was there four years, and, and Tom worked with me that whole time. Uh, about being a better person and not necessarily just being a better coach but a better person and so it's been 20 years since I was with the Vikings but we still stay in touch and do things together and uh, Tom inspires me because his goal is just to help these young players and coaches be the best people they can be. Amen. Tony Dungy our guest right now on Unpacking It. We're, uh, we're at the, the NBA All-Star Weekend, the, the Athletes in Action, action All-Star Breakfast. Uh, a lot going on, but, but thankful to spend a few minutes here with Coach Dungy. And, and this week was Valentine's Day, and I, I know that, that marriage is, is very important to you. I'm wondering, though, how do you prioritize your, your wife? What, what's the strategy, and, and what can be an encouragement to people listening today on how to prioritize your wife? You know, your wife and your family, it, that's what's special. That's what God has given you. But it's difficult because we have obligations, and you have jobs and, and certain hours that you have to, to work. And when I was coaching especially, you're on the road, you're at training camp, you have these times where your family doesn't feel like they're important to you. And so how do you make that work? and say, I know I have times when I have to be away. I know I have times when my mind is occupied. But you still have to understand that you are the first priority. 
And that's that's not as easy as it sounds. And and, and how is it for, for you to be able to say, okay, I need to invest in my wife so that, that our connection is so strong so that the rest of the family dynamic is also strong? Yeah, the, the kids have to see that. They have to understand that we're together, we're unified. Uh, we try to, uh, especially when we're at home together, to pray in the mornings, pray in the evenings together. Uh, we have to try to get some quality time together. But more than anything, it's as you mentioned, the kids sing, hey, we're on the same page all the time. That's right. Tony Dungy, our guest right now. And, and you've got uh, the latest book out right now, The Soul of a Team. And, and I, I've actually read two books about the, the soul and, and inside of us. And so why did you use that word in relation to team? Because I'm fascinated by that word. Yes, it's a team-building book. Uh, people ask all the time. I get asked to speak at high schools and sports teams and businesses and church organizations. How do you put things together? How do you build a winning organization? And so we came up with the acronym SOUL, selflessness, where uh, you're putting the priority, the good of the team first, owning your role, understanding it, but owning it more than anything else, unity, and then how do you get those three things to come together? You have to have a larger purpose. Mm. So that's where the soul comes from, and we kind of unpack that in the book. I love it. That, that's great. It's called The Soul of a Team, Tony Dungy's latest book. And, and of course, we, we got to talk a little football, even though it's NBA weekend. It's, it's the off season. Is there a, a storyline most intriguing to you at, at this point as we kind of have the next couple of months before the draft? Well, a couple of things. I think you see the young coaches coming into the league and what are these guys going to bring in terms of their attitude and are they going to be able to reshape the franchise like uh, Sean McVay did in L.A. with this just new youthful energy? And then this kind of quarterback carousel, where are people going to end up? I think we're looking at Nick Foles now, Joe Flacco going to, to Denver. So who uh, hits this next wave of quarterbacks, Kyler Murray coming into the league, and where is he going to land? Uh, that's always kind of the exciting thing right now. Well, I know for you, you, you waited you know, a while to get that head coaching opportunity, and a lot of these guys are getting it early. They're, they're young coaches. What's the, the, the good side of that and the, maybe the bad side of, of, about getting it early? Yeah, I was a, a young coach, relatively young, 40 years old when I got my job. I had been an assistant for 15 years in the NFL, and I thought I was ready. I thought I knew what to do after 15 years as an assistant. But those first uh, six months on the job, I realized that some things you can't understand until you actually get in that role. So they'll have some eye-opening experiences but the one thing they will have is the ability to relate to these players. Guys being that young and understanding how the young players think, that'll be an advantage for them. Tony Dungy, our guest right now on Unpacking It, talking life, faith, and, and football with him. And, and I know for, for you, life is, is busy. You've got a bunch of kids. You've got opportunities around the country to speak. And, of course, you're, you're as an analyst with, with NBC, how do you balance th this, this idea of not getting too busy, not hurrying too much, and, and being able to rest in the Lord when you have a lot of opportunities on your plate? Yeah, you know, the Lord does bless you with things that you can do, and you want to take advantage of that and use your platform. But I, I mentioned to you Tom Lamphere, the chaplain of the Vikings. He gave me some advice, and he still writes me about once a year and reminds me, do the things that only you can do mm. the things that God is going to qualify you to do. If someone else can do it, he'll, he'll find someone else. So just look for those things that there's some little niche that you can have a special impact and follow that. 
And so that's what I try to pray when I get presented with an uh, opportunity. Is it something I really want to do? Is it something I think will help the kingdom? Mm. That's number one. But then number two, can someone else do it as well as I can? And if they can, maybe that's not the thing for me. But if there's something unique, like today, I had a chance to speak and give the gospel presentation as not a basketball player, but, you know, just an outside voice. So I thought that was unique and special, and it was great. Absolutely. So how hard is it for you to say no? Oh, it's very difficult. (laughs) You know, when people say this is very, very important, and this ministry, it's something, and and we need you, and we need your voice, and you want to help everybody. Uh, But you do understand you have an obligation to your family, uh, keep yourself physically fit, and you know, you just have to pray about it and, and let the Lord guide you. Absolutely. So one other question I always like to hear from guys, what, what are you studying lately? What, what's, what's God been, been teaching you and, and what's kind of been on, on, on the plate? I'm in a phone Bible study with about 50 people. We read uh, during the week and then we get together and discuss it over the phone on a conference call on Wednesdays. And we've actually been going through the Old Testament prophets. We've been going mm. through Jeremiah, Isaiah, and Ezekiel. And there is so much information there and so much leading to Christ. Jesus said that everything in the Bible points to me. And we don't always think of that, but we, we have seen some tremendous things that were written hundreds of years before Jesus came to point it right to him, but also things that are still true today. Mm. You know, that, that sometimes we're not hearing the right voices. We're listening to the false prophets of the world, and we aren't listening to the true voice of, of God. And that's what people had trouble sorting out then. They wanted to do the right thing, but they're hearing all these different voices. Who do we listen to? So it's, it's been very interesting. Was there one prophet that you connected with more than, than other, others? I, I think I connected with Jeremiah because he was out there for 40 years telling people, here's what the Lord says, nobody's listening, and God is just telling them to go back, say it again, repeat this. And I, I think of myself, I don't know if I'd take all that negativity. You know, mm-hmm. at, at some point I'd be ready to say, no, Lord, you sent me. They're not listening. I'm finished. But Jeremiah just said, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to honor God's will no matter if the people listen or not. Amen. So last thought is, as you mentioned, being on this call and, and talking with other guys and, and being able to you know, share what you're learning and experiencing together, how important is fellowship oh. in, in life? It, it really is. Um, group fellowship like that, individual fellowship with your wife and your family, uh, fellowship with other guys in, in our church. We have a little three-man group that meets, and we, we kind of discuss things as well. But that is so important, staying on track, because it's very easy for me to develop blind spots. Mm. I think I'm doing the right thing. I'm going here. I'm doing this. I don't always see the negative side of things. But other people saying, hey, are you sure that you're on the right track here? Are you doing this right? What's going on in your life? Having that accountability is huge. Oh, man, good stuff from Tony Dungy. Last thought, what what are you looking forward to most uh, in the offseason for for you personally? For me, it's probably uh, what I'm really asking the Lord, what can I do in my home community of Tampa? How can I make a difference and make Tampa a better place to live? What can I do for the kingdom right there? Mm, That's awesome. Well, enjoy it and enjoy All-Star Weekend. And and really great to have you back on Unpacking It. And and thanks so much. Thank you for the invitation. Absolutely. So there's Tony Dungy, the Hall of Fame coach. And now he's a a broadcaster with NBC 
and, and an author and, and just uh, a wonderful man. So glad to have him on the show again and, and hope you uh, were able to, to take a nugget from that conversation uh, that can encourage you today. And coming up next, it's our final segment. We call it Unpack This, where we take a current sports story related to the Bible and our own lives. And this week's topic is about Aaron Rodgers and his new coach. It's coming up next right here on Unpacking It, our website, unpackingit.com. Thanks so much for joining us. Inspiring conversations and intriguing interviews. More Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson after this. This is Unpacking It. I'm Bryce Johnson. It's time for our final segment of the day. We call it Unpack This, where I take a current sports story and relate it to the Bible and our own lives. So let's jump right in. Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have a new head coach this season, Matt LaFleur. This is a big change for the star QB at this stage in his career, especially after playing a particular way for so long. Agreeing on the direction of the offense is paramount, but they've already had to work through some conflicting ideas based on comments made by Rodgers. Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk commented on the concerns being raised by Rodgers, saying it also represents the first indication of something other than unconditional and unequivocal submission to the new offense that LaFleur has brought to town. Now, at the core of the issues is LaFleur's play-calling strategy. Instead of Rodgers being able to have multiple audible options at the line of scrimmage, the offense is designed for him to stick to one of two plays the coach has called. This is different than what Rodgers is used to, so he's going to have to believe in the direction his coach is leading him and be willing to submit to what is being asked of him. This idea of unconditional and unequivocal submission also plays out in our lives when we choose to follow Jesus. When we give our lives to him, we have to trust that his direction and play calling is what's best for us. When we surrender to God's leading, we're willing to submit to what he's asking us to do instead of relying on ourselves to call an audible and go our own direction. As Aaron Rodgers attempts to be in sync with his head coach and take the steps to submit to his new offense, he's going to have to put aside pride and selfishness. Likewise, when we submit to Jesus and his offense for us, we must remember that he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Every day, we choose either our way or his way. So I hope you're willing to unpack that for yourselves and really appreciate you joining me today and hope you'll stay connected with us throughout the week on social media and on unpackingit.com. If you have any thoughts about today's show, you can email me, Bryce at unpackingit.com. Until next time, I'm Bryce Johnson. I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that he died on the cross for my sins. He was resurrected and through faith, I have been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well, and I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a wonderful week. This has been Unpacking It with Bryce Johnson on Sports Byline USA and Sirius XM, Channel 211, Dan Patrick Radio.